On today's episode, we talk to Miranda May, a fellow funeral director, and also she became, get this, Doc Nick, a medium. It makes sense. So she's going to talk to us and maybe some spirits too. We'll see. Listen in. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, a psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. All right, Doc. Today we have the one and only... The medium Miranda May, the M M and M, the triple M, triple M's, the triple M, and she was a funeral director. Now she has gone into a new, a new realm of being a medium. So we're going to talk all about that. So first and foremost, Miranda, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I heard you're the biggest fan of the show. I know me about me personally when whenever I talk. So I appreciate you being on the show. <laughs> I love you guys. I really do. Thank you for having me on the show. It was it was a fun stumbling across your podcast. Um, when I first started my podcast, Letters to the Living, I typed in death in the search bar. And you guys were one of one of the ones that came up pretty fast. And your cover art always gets me. And when I listened to your episodes, it was it was a pretty big inspiration for me because I love that you guys are going beyond the limits of what most grief podcasts do and death podcast. And that's really, really important. So um, I actually even wrote down in my journal to be on your show. So uh, things are happening. I feel you made it. I made it. I'm here. <laughs> I'm this is... really excited about it. Well, we're really excited to have you. So kudos oh. to you and what your work too. You know, it's if any median stuff comes. Yeah, up, see if you see anybody know. or something comes in. You might. You never know. You never know when they're going to come. There. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want me to talk on that, I can right now. I mean, so, is there something here? Well, the thing is, they're all there. Like every single soul, your loved ones, whoever, you know, I even think that the the bodies that you may be holding right now, that their soul is, is right there as well. I mean, okay. you have to, you have to know growing up in the funeral home and the mortuary that you saw things and you felt things and like yeah. you, you would turn a corner and it's eerie and you're like, Ooh, something just shifted. So yeah, they're 100% there. I mean, grandpa, you got a grandpa. On the other side, we have two grandpas on the other side. Okay, so this one feels very connected to your dad. Oh, the Bill, one, yeah. The one yep. that that one would be the one who's kind of stepping forward right now. He's behind. I mean, I see him behind your right shoulder, so it'd be Benny's right shoulder. Yep, yep. Just kind of a little closer to Benny, if I'm going to be honest. But he's right there. He passed when we were two years old. So we never had the opportunity to really. Uh, so there's okay. pictures of us on like hanging off of him. Now you got me. Hey, Bill, how you doing? All right. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa, for being here. All right. Now, I wanted to ask you now, you know, most people, they, they have like a brand, right? So what I mean, are you do you just go by like a medium or do you like have your own brand? Like that's so Speaker of the speaker of the wind or speaker of the wind. <laughs> sorry, sorry like I'm just like the wind. Like, I think, feel like you need spirit. a brand. Yeah. Um, I don't title myself. It's really interesting you bring this up because um 
I don't, I just don't believe in titles. And I'll tell you why is because we all have the ability to connect. We all have the power to tap into higher consciousness, to, to talk to Bill whenever you want, to talk to your other grandpa. Like you, like we can all do it. So I'm not going to sit here and walk around and say, oh, I'm a medium. I'm a medium. I'm here to teach you to do the same. And mm. so when I decided to get really into the grief work, becoming a funeral director was really the experience that opened my eyes of, I need to be around grief. I need to help people through grief. Death does not scare me. No one could tell me a death that would rattle me. Like it just, I'm missing some sort of chip or something. I don't know. But um, this this was the calling. This was the purpose. So being a medium is Do just- you if I pause you just no, for a second? Okay. Just, so it doesn't rattle you, Mm-mm. but what does it do for you when someone talks about a death? Like, I mean, is there, is it like intrigue? Is it like interest? Is it fascination? Is it yeah. um, like adventure? Well, I'm just, I'm just I, curious. You know okay. like, I, actually... I, you, 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 you hit the, you hit the nail on the coffin, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think for everybody in, in, in the death industry, the yeah. death profession. profession or industry, right? I like yeah. profession better. Uh, but I'm talking about everybody, not just your profession. <laughs> yes. Everybody the in death, the death. The death department, realm. right? The death realm. The death department. (laughs) We would all say that there is kind of this... I think a lot of people think that we're like callous to it or we Mm. just don't feel. And Mm. it's. I don't think it's that. But I haven't been able to really pinpoint the right words on... Just curious how you you take it. Yep, that that, that is. That's a really good question. And it's not that... You're right. It's not that we're callous or we're insensitive or not compassionate. We don't understand. It's kind of like it's the inevitable. It's all going to happen. And each story is so different. So it doesn't shock me when someone says my teenage son passed away or my husband of 65 years passed away. It's like, I can't, I don't put a time on death anymore because if we sit here and tell ourselves when death is supposed to happen, that makes it even more hard to process. And so it is It is just the fascination of knowing their story, knowing where they're at in their grief journey. So when I was 27 in 2009, my husband was hit on his motorcycle and he didn't survive. And that was my first experience of death. And so when I hear other people's story, it doesn't take me into a dark place. It takes me into, I know what you're going through. And so empathy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um can I can I just ask uh, your your husband's uh, name that passed? Lance. That died? His name's Lance. Lance. Yeah. What a cool name. This Lance, is for Lance a lot. Ooh. Lance. Lance. Yeah. Oh, Lance. Lance is a Lance is a lot. I'll, you know what's interesting about that situation is as soon as he passed away, I was given a book called Death Among Us by a medium James Van Prague. And he, the author pretty much says, if you want to continue to talk to them, go do it. And I did. And that's when I started to understand something greater was out there than I ever knew. I wasn't into spirituality. I didn't really have a religion. I didn't know if I even believed in God at the time, but I, but I told myself, okay, if you're there, you show me. And he did. He showed up so, so, so big. And I, that was our little relationship we had. I didn't really tell anybody. 
Um, and then I became a funeral director after. And then. Yeah, let's, when, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. So yeah. two, I got two questions. So first you went from a funeral director to a medium. So explain that to me, like the process of that, like why did that happen? And then my second question is, did you already have the gift of sight prior to becoming a funeral director? Ah, really good questions. So the first question is how I became a funeral director to a medium is um, (laughs) when I would go see the body first, the, the loved one, I would connect with them. And I didn't know what I was doing. There was something when I would be in the room with the deceased, this is going to sound so weird to people, but I don't care. There was a connection. And I didn't know what that was yet because I wasn't a medium yet. I didn't know anything about mediumship because what I knew that you can only be a medium if you have the gift. That That's what I was taught. You have to have the gift to be a medium. So never crossed my mind ever when I was a funeral director, what was actually happening. Okay. So I would connect with, with these souls and they would tell me something about their, their loved ones coming in. So they would kind of prep me. Like he would like, for example, he would show me his, like, I would hear like the word sister or something. And I, and I didn't know how to differentiate that. I'm like, is your sister a pill? Is your sister cool? Does your sister have something? So they would tell me stuff before the arrangement. And then when I knew something was really happening was when I was, when we were in arrangement, and for those of you listening, that means when a family comes in to start making the first funeral plans, um, we talk about what is, what are you going to bury them in? What's their, what's their, their final clothes? And they were bickering, bickering. And all of a sudden I saw this flash of this red and black checkered shirt. And I said to this family, oh, I don't even know why. I'm like, oh, does he wear a plaid shirts? You know, did checkered shirts? And this, the 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 wife goes, yeah, he has this red black shirt that he loved. And I'm like, holy crap! Like, holy this, moly! This is this is happening. This is happening. And um, I quit being a funeral director because um, it was affecting my health. I couldn't compartmentalize. What was I, what I was seeing, what I was witnessing. Um, I didn't have anyone to talk to because there's one of the most stressful, but incredible professions I could have ever experienced in my life, but it is so taxing and, um, it wasn't, I didn't have it in me. If I'm going to be honest, I kiss the ring of every funeral director because, um, it's relentless. Well, thanks for I, humanizing. I will present my ring to you. No, Brianna. there's no kissing going on here. No <laughs> kissing going. On. I had two. I had two thoughts. You said that you had a connection with them. Can you speak more to, in your words, what that connection means? What What was that? It didn't matter what had happened to the loved one of how they passed, whether it was suicide, whether it was a car accident, whether it was old age. It didn't matter. It didn't. It didn't. It was this feeling that i had i had when i walked into the room of where they were at it is it's the same it's the same connection i feel when i do readings so like when you, if you guys ever decide to kind of tap into that with your loved ones and your grandpa or whomever 
it's this feeling you have inside of just a knowing and a, a sense of peace almost. And the connection is hard to explain until you feel it yourself. And your connection could feel completely different from mine. Is it something you can turn on and off? Oh, I, I have to. I have to. You have to turn it off at times? Yeah, because um, if so I'm just walking around the grocery store, someone's, someone's sister or mom, they, they just pop in. They just start talking to me. And I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get into your business. I don't want to approach your daughter if she's not open to it. So I have to be very selective of who I tell, who I talk to, who's even open to receiving the message, because it is a really deep personal experience when your loved one comes in and says, I love you and I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And I wish I was there with you, you know, like not everyone's into this and I get that. And, and I think people should ask questions. I think those skeptics have every right to say, but I just don't get it. The thing about mediumship that I love doing is I can prove it. So when I'm in a session and I start getting all of this evidence and, and people are like, oh my gosh, how could you have known? That's proof that this is happening. My second question I had for you, follow-up, was that a lot of people that I have talked to that are into mediumship and, you know, uh, Tantra and all that very spiritual stuff, will talk about the idea of the thinning of the veil. Yeah. Being a funeral director, was that your thinning of the veil? That was part of the step. The first step, which is going to answer Benny's question of, did I have the gift before? We, every single one of us, when we are born, we are all given the gift. But over time, the parents were raised with how we're conditioned, what religion we're in, the, there are, are the circumstances around us re, take that gift away from us. And that's just normal. This is life. But if we can silence the noise and the distractions around us, go into your Zen, your meditation, walk, you know, take in a hike. It doesn't have to be in prayer pose position to clear our mind. Like just do what makes you happy and open up to what could be. And that's you using your gift. That's you using your intuition. That's you tapping in. Do you think that part of the thinning of the veil, if we're going to call it that, do you think that's part of our right hemisphere? Of our brain? Absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. That is such a great question. 100%. I think, I think the fitting of the veil is mostly on that side because when we're on the creative side and when we are not allowing our ego to take over, that's when you can tap in. That's, that's, that's when the magic happens is when you get out of your own way and say, tell me something. What do you need me to know today? By tapping more and more into your medium, your intuition, do you find that it is helping you with your grief journey mm. or is it adding actually more questions or static to that grief journey? No, it, 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 me being able to tap into our gift is, is the reason why I'm here and helping people through grief because I found that without building this new relationship with Lance, because that's essentially what I did. I, I 
built a new relationship with him in the spirit world. And it's different, but we both communicate with each other. If I say, hey, I need something, I need a sign, you need to tell me something, it shows up. So when people are in the grief journey, this is key. Number one for me, number one for me to teach you, start building this relationship with them. Start creating this 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 new type of whatever it is like um but this is this is the tricky part a lot of people don't want to go there because there's still stuff that they have to work through there's still blocks that they need to get through in order to really hone in and tap into that gift and so it's really crucial especially this is where Nick comes in of helping those people work through those blocks, helping those people work through, hey, I loved mom, but there was some stuff we weren't able to talk about before she died. And I'm really holding on to this. And when we're holding on to that or uh, unsaid words. So what if it's an unexpected accident? Okay. What, what are we robbed? We're robbed not being there for their last breath. And we're being robbed, not being able to say the last I'm sorry's or the last I love you's or whatever it is. So it's crucial that we have to get through those blocks and what's holding us back so we can start building a new relationship with them. So tapping into the gift is key to healing our grief. Here's a question I got that maybe you've never been asked and I think it's an interesting topic. So you have a relationship with your previous husband who has passed. Yes. You have a new husband. Two questions on this. Does that interfere with your marriage now? Hmm. And then flipping that, does your now husband feel jealous sometimes about the relationship that you still have with your previous husband? Such a good question. I'm so glad you brought this up because a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with this, but my situation is different. I remarried a widow. So my husband, his first wife, um, got food poisoning and she, uh, it induced an asthma attack and she asphyxiated in his arms. So he, she died in his arms. My situation is different but when Michael and I met, we actually met on match. And um, when we met, I was able to help him work through his blame and guilt. And I didn't know. So, I mean, when we talk about like, holy smokes, Lance and Jess 100% brought Michael and I together because if Michael didn't meet me, my husband now, who, who knows where he would be right now? Who knows? So Do you also communicate with Jess? All the time. All the time. All the time. Is that so, weird? Um, at first it was. It, at first it was. Yeah. I mean, I would have to say sure. Like, but it's beautiful now. It's so beautiful. And there, Lance and Jess are a part of our family. So our daughter, Michael and I have a daughter together, and their Aunt Jess and Uncle Lance, like, and Monroe, who's six, knows what death is knows everything about it, knows, hey, death is not final. They're around us. They're talking to us. So now not only am I helping her be comfortable with death, now I'm helping her tap into her own gift and being conscious of what's around because there's no, what, okay, I'm not going to say it. 
Never mind. Say it. Say it. Come on. We all want to hear it. Say it. You won't do it. You won't do it. I'm not sitting here. I'm not putting anybody down because when it comes to mediumship and psychics, I know you've interviewed a few in the past. This is the number one. The number one. Bugaboo. Bugaboo. (laughs) This is the number one message that pisses, that makes me upset so bad is when they say souls are stuck. When, Mm. when, when mediums are sitting across from a loved one who deeply needs to connect with their son, who deeply needs to connect with their husband and a medium says, Oh, I'm sorry, but you're, they're stuck. Stuck. Really? Mm. Prove it. Prove it. No, you're telling them they're stuck because you can't connect. This is on you. This is on the medium. Every soul is there. If a medium can't connect, own it. Own it. That's okay. See, I'm having a hard time connecting with them. It's a noob move. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, yeah, that's a very new move. Let me ask you that. So there has been in your, in your experiences, some souls that don't want to interact with you. Is it like, is it like here where there's like, there's a certain personality that maybe they don't like of you? Have you ever been told off by a, like a, like a soul? No, 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 no. Because souls don't have human emotions. They don't feel jealousy. They don't feel anger. They don't feel hate. They're just, they're just energy. So when they communicate with me, they're all they are is pure love, light, energy, everything, white light, gold, highest happiness you can think of. That is them. But how they communicate with me is through symbols, through my own personal experiences that I know. So it's very, it's like puzzle pieces. And sometimes I need the the loved one who I'm reading for to help me through it. A soul will always connect. What soul would not step forward and want to connect with their daughter? There is not one soul who would not say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take this opportunity and connect with my sister. No, it's me, the medium, where I have to push myself and say, show me something, show me something. And sometimes souls are quiet and shy, kind of how they were in the real world. And I'll, and if that's the case, if I'm not having a strong connection, I'll ask the person I'm reading for, like, were they quiet? Because I'm having a really hard time getting information out of them. And almost nine out of 10 times, they're like, yes, he or she was really shy. So then that means I need to go back in and say, tell me more. We're here. It is kind of a trust situation sometimes with, with me and the soul. Like, you know, I, I don't want to say trust because that is such a human emotion. It's almost trust with myself. Like right. I have to trust what I'm hearing and seeing and feeling and sensing. You said all the soul or most of the souls are these, these white good energy. Do have you come across a all bad souls. energy? All souls, all souls, not most. I didn't say most. Every oh, single so you never come so, across a bad no, no, because they're not. There's no such thing. So the worst human being you could probably think of, when they die, they're there. Okay, they're there because they're they're not because they don't take that those bad things with them. They just turn okay. into energy. Now they will show you what they've done in the past. They have shown me what they've done in the past. So I did. Oh. Oh, I did a reading for somebody when I was first starting out. And mind you, I've only been reading for a year. 
this is still a new practice for me. This is something that I'm still learning every day and building my connection with spirit on the other, on the other side. And I'm still figuring it out and that's okay. I hope to get to a point where I'm like a master at this, but I did a reading for, um, a, a girl here in town and she wanted to connect with her best friend. And as I'm opening up, this male kept coming in, kept coming in. And I would tell, I told the person who I'm giving this reading to, they're called sitters. I told the sitter, I'm like, this male keeps coming in. She goes, um, yeah, that was her boyfriend who took his life five days later. And her boyfriend in the reading, the boyfriend showed me what had happened that night. And everyone thinks that her friend took her life, but there was something else that went on. Mm-hmm. And it, it's crazy. It's really crazy what, what people will show you. Like um, people who have murdered, they'll, they'll show it to you. They'll show it. All right, here we go. We're going to go into some some brain busters, if you will, for me. Yeah. So here's my two thoughts. One, there's a lot of questions about does connecting people to the deceased, could that have a negative effect on their bereavement? Meaning that if someone is not ready Mm. to let go of a loved one, Mm. do you think, and this is, I'm, I'm just curious of your thoughts, do you think by them going to see a median, is actually slowing down their progress of, and the only word I can use right now is acceptance, the acceptance of the death. 100%. I think, I think if anyone signs up and gets a session from a medium, that, they, that they've got to be somewhat open to it. They've got, they have some sort of curiosity in them. Now, if they were forced to go, that's a different situation. Like, you know this, you can't force anybody to do anything during the grief process. They've really got to make the decision of how long they want to work through it or how fast or what they want to hold on to. So I, if I could give any suggestion is if seeing a medium is something that would feel healing to you and you could find a sense of closure, quote unquote, do it. But if you yeah, if you see a medium not wanting to have that experience, it'll it'll throw you off. Also, it's really important if you see a really good psychic medium because what if you do have a session and they told you your loved one stuck or they or they didn't show up right. or right. yeah, that's detrimental 100. And then the second one, I don't know if you're it, you've been reading any of the research into psychedelics, right? But one of the big pushes about psychedelics is, yeah. is that this idea, in my opinion, of reading this stuff and talking to people, is is that that's a chemical way to thin the veil mm-hmm. and to speak to souls and ancestors yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? This is the thing about using psychedelics and plant medicine, um, whatever it is that people choose. It is it is an incredible way to see things from a different perspective that you may not have seen. But what's really crucial about that type of medicine is you have to make sure like you're not on antidepressants or SSRIs or anything or drinking because you're going to have a really, really bad trip. 
and things aren't going to be so good. But if you do have a wonderful experience with this type of medicine, I do call it medicine, you have to do the work after. You can't see grandma and her tell you something really profound that you need to do and not do it. To answer your question, yes. I think if used in the right way and yeah, it, it can definitely help you thin the veil. So if you had a you had a sitter, right? That's what you call them. Uh-huh. Correct. If you had a sitter that was like, hey, I would like to experiment with blah blah blah, right? Would so you you don't think that you don't think it's a bad thing? No. No, absolutely not. Well, Miranda, this is the, we have, we have gone, we have gone places. We have gone places and I really appreciate it, but we do want to do one of these Q and A's tonight with you tonight. So are you ready to do a Q and A with Doc and me? All right, let's get into it. Roll the tape. Q and A, Q and A, everyone loves that Q and A. Everybody loves those Q and A's. There's that rock song. Everybody loves. All right, here we go. All right, Q&A. Here we go, Miranda. You ready? Yeah. Ever felt someone's spirit? My friend passed away a few months ago. The day I found out, it felt like he was sitting in the car with me the entire way to the cemetery. Mm. Just undeniable that someone was there. Mm. Maybe I'm crazy. He sends me signs. I see his name in random places and other things that remind me of him. Shooting stars, his church on the news, etc. Every time I'm reminded of the thoughts that he he's no he's not longer here, I just have no control of my emotions and I cry like a baby. I have so much guilt and sadness. It mm-hmm. gets easier but never goes away. What's your thoughts? Uh, well, I think it's so honest. And 100 was that was her friend next to, to her. When I talk about a connection and when I talk about a feeling, that's it right there. And don't get inside your head and try and justify it. Just be and have that moment with them. And the second part is cry like a baby. Keep crying. Don't hold back. If you have this uncontrollable emotion of just missing him, do it. Go through the motions. And the third part would be, why are you holding on to guilt? Why? You didn't kill him. Why, what is it about the guilt? Because those blame, shame, and guilt, all those heavy human emotions, that's what's going to hold you back. You have to work through those emotions to help you get to the next step. That's what I would say. Yeah, and ab- absolutely. And kind of what you said earlier, too, if, if there's a chance you can get through some of those, you might even have a better uh, uh view of them, right? You might be able to open up those channels possibly. That's exactly it. If she can work through those emotions, then she can start building that relationship with her friend. Because just because we can't physically see them with our eyes doesn't mean that they're not there. Last question I have for you to end this. Have you seen so an afterlife exists, you you've you've stated that. Yeah. Is it like a heaven? I don't know. I've never okay. been there. I I've never. I don't, I don't know. know if maybe they they you talked know, about it. Maybe they show you things. No, I mean they they show they have me make a feeling of just no hurt, no pain, free, just floating sense. But the closest thing that I would think would be close to what where they're at is when these people are going through um, NDEs, near death experiences, and when they come out and talk about their experience. 
all of these experiences pretty much have the same story. And so if people are really interested of like, what is it, could it be like on the other side, start reading NDEs. Well, well, thank you so much, Miranda, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yet again, yeah. this was Miranda May. Miranda, <laughs> before we, we sign off, if, if, if somebody wants to reach out to you or needs a reading or, or whatnot, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you yep. other than ESP? <laughs> uh, they can just go onto my website, mirandamade.net. Um, I only do in-person sessions, though, so they'd have to come to Santa Fe to see me. Um, but if they even want to send an email and share their story, I'm always here to listen. So mirandamade.net. And what was the po- podcast? Oh, and my podcast is called Letters to the Living, um, yeah, where I basically cool. talk about death, grief, and the afterlife. Well, thank you so much. So everybody, go out there, check it out. Check out the website. Check out the podcast. Miranda, you have been wonderful uh, from one you guys fellow are so fun. From one fellow uh, funeral professional to another. Thank you for what you do and thank you for continuing helping families go through grief. Yet again, if you haven't, like us, send us out, subscribe, send you know, just just somebody who's dealing with grief or maybe needs a conversation like this, please show them this this podcast say it's the coolest one you've ever heard <laughs> and uh yet again uh, if you have any questions send us your questions like we did today you can email us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com and dr nick if you are not talking about death then you are not living thank you so much <laughs>